On this episode of the Trade Busters podcast, we're going to be looking at the finance portion of the Vibranium Shield. Before I go on, just a quick disclaimer. I'm not a financial advisor, so everything on this podcast is for informational purposes only and not to be construed as investment advice. Okay, this should be a pretty quick episode, at least that's my hope anyways, since the finance portion is should be very straightforward. Um, you know, once you have selected your allocation size on the you know long put or um, the hedge campaign and that will be in the next episode and that's kind of the a lot more nuanced but once you've decided that you really just dial in the finance portion which remember is just the theta engine right you're using that to finance the long puts but I'm gonna go over uh, just a couple of numerical examples because depending on how you're using the vibranium shield that will change the overall uh, sizing of the finance of the theta engine accordingly. So I just want to go over a few numerical examples, high level, and that will hopefully answer some questions you have that might come up. So remember, again, we're using the theta engine as the financing for the long puts, which is the actual hedge portion of the vibranium shield. And specifically, uh, because I know the Theta engine has a few different configurations, um, I'm going to be using the 90 DTE, 60% max profit, and 15 delta. Right, That's the parameters for the Theta engine. So as I mentioned in the last episode, uh, the first example I'm going to go over is if you're going to use the Vibranium Shield completely as a standalone. All right, So this could be basically a downside lotto, uh, which again, in, under normal circumstances when there's no crash this thing really should do nothing right it's uh the hedge should almost perfectly basically offset um the finance so the cost and the uh, profit should balance so you have net zero or at least close to that and then hopefully waiting for those years where there's a crash and you just get a profit right hence the downside lotto or and so that's a standalone or you could use a standalone to hedge a uh, some other portfolio equity portfolio or another kind of strategy with downside risk but again uh, if you view the vibranium shield as a standalone combo in this case it's the most um, simple you just have a straight allocation um, and profit target for uh, the theta engine right so let's say you are doing a three percent allocation or three percent budget for the long puts uh, that means you're expected spend or loss from the you know buying the long puts every year is three percent so it's very simple you just set your uh, theta engine as if you had a profit target of three percent right so the three and three should balance out now let's say uh, and and again when, when I say standalone it means you are not using the theta engine for anything else that's not any other part of your trading right so again three percent spend on the puts just as an example, that means you have a 3% profit target on the Theta engine, and that's it. Now, let's say you are already using the Theta engine as part of your trading, but you are not using the bomb shelter. Now, in this case, let's assume that you've been running or you plan to use the Theta engine as a base to make a 10% profit, right? That's your goal for the year. So, now you want to also have a 3% allocation for the vibranium shield for the hedge, right? 
So in this case, you just take the 3% that you're going to spend on the puts and add it directly to the return target of your theta engine. Right? So you're basically sizing up the theta engine to pay for the long puts. So whereas if you had a 10% profit target before, all you're doing now is adding the 3%, so 13, right? So you have a 13% return target on the on the theta engine, and you're gonna uh, expect to incur a 3% cost on the long puts. Therefore, you're gonna net 10% um, return, right? That's the goal. So again, very straightforward. So if you're using the, the risk calculator, or hopefully you have, you know, taken that and made your own kind of dashboard on your own spreadsheet, right? Just whereas you had a 10% return target, you simply make a 13, right? And then you have your 3% spend on the puts and it balances out to 10%. So let's say you're using a theta engine with the bomb shelter, right? Now things get a little bit more nuanced, but again, it should be still straightforward. I just wanna kind of tease this apart again, uh, tease this apart a little bit so you realize what's going on, okay? So let's say, you had a 10%, same thing, 10% target, but using the bomb shelter. So one thing I want to remind you, and I went over this uh, in the bomb shelter episode and also in the risk calculator, when you have a bomb shelter, your expected drag, um, I said 20% before, but in a recent update, I said that's closer to 15. In fact, it's a little bit less than that, but um, let's just use 15 to be conservative, okay? So your expected drag on uh, the bomb shelter is about 15% of your profit. So like I said, in the risk calculator, when you apply, uh, turn on the bomb shelter, it's gonna essentially apply a 0.15, 1.15 multiple to your credit target, right? So if you, uh, which effectively sizes up your target return, right? So if you had a 10% return target and you turn on the bomb shelter, it's gonna scale it up. What's gonna happen is essentially the 10 will effectively become 11.5, right? So you effectively have a 11.5% return based on the credit target, which gets scaled up. But after the 15% drag, you get the 10% return, right? So that's how all that works. Now that's just what, Theta engine and the bomb shelter. Now let's say you're doing that, and now you still wanna have a 3% allocation to the vibranium shield. So if you go in the uh, risk calculator, and let's say you pop in 13%, right? Because like the last example, 10 plus three, 13% is your goal. But because of that multiple that the risk calculator is gonna apply that 15% multiple, um, you effectively have, so 13 times 1.15, you effectively are gonna have a 14.95 or almost 15% um, return target effectively based on the scaled up credit, right? But because you're gonna lose 15% of that to the, the bomb shelter, that's gonna, you know, the 15 becomes, you know, 12.7, something like that. And then, you know, you minus the three, which puts you back again to around the 10% net return, okay? So all of those, um, again, you don't normally have to do all this math in your head. That's what the risk calculator is for. But I want you to know kind of what goes into it so you understand what exactly kind of the moving parts under the hood are. So I'm sure if you're, you know, at this point, you're probably wondering like, so why am I spending so much hedging 
right? Because there's the, the drag from the bomb shelter, and then I'm spending more on the vibranium shield, and why am I doing double hedging, right? So remember, firstly, like I've said many times, the bomb shelter alone was designed specifically for a mega gap, black swan, 20% gap kind of thing. Whereas the vibranium shield, it was also designed for you know pretty severe black swans because in order to have convexity, you're, you're necessarily going to have some of that dead zone where in a mild crash really doesn't do much, right? It's really in the medium to, to heavy crashes that it kind of accelerates. But I understand that, yes, there is some overlap, okay? Because at the end, vibranium shield, you're hedging. Bomb shield is a kind of hedge. So if we kind of take an, a, more of an extreme example, let's suppose you want to do 10% theta engine, right? That was your base return. And it just wanted to go big, 10% vibranium shield allocation. Because, heck, if you don't lose much in the normal years, then you might as well just go big and have a big windfall if there's a crash, right? So... Let's say you had a 10% return on the theta engine as a base, and then because you want to spend 10% on the puts, you've got to add that 10% to your finance. So you're really doing 10 plus 10, which is 20%, you know, return target on the theta engine, right? And then minus your 10% on long puts to get your 10% net return. So if you allocated that large to the to the vibranium shield, then yes, I think to to at that point, you basically skip the bomb shelter altogether because really the vibranium shield can just replace that it becomes okay the vibranium shield by itself technically doesn't need a bomb shelter because it is a hedge right that strategy is a hedge but what i'm saying is if you allocate it large enough it also can become the the bomb shelter ish hedge for the theta engine right so there's no magic number i don't know at what point it kind of tipped uh, well okay I shouldn't say this. I haven't done this yet, but you can basically put the whole thing in the risk graph and toss, for example. Because remember, when I was analyzing the, the bomb shelter, I had done it in a way where I said minimum viability is if there is a huge 20% down, VIX spike, using the risk graph, I wanted to limit the loss to 6 or 7x as opposed to like 15x, right? So... You could just play with it, right? You can, you know, based on the credit target and the long puts, right? You can figure out what the number of positions in steady state is, um, the short puts, and then how many long puts. Maybe I'll do an analysis on this at, at some point and just do like a quick update episode, but you can always play with it. And yes, at some point, I recognize there is some overlap between the fact that Vibranium Shield and the Bomb Shelter are both hedges, right? So at some point, it really becomes moot to kind of quote unquote run both. So for example, if you're going to go big and do a 10% vibranium shield, you could just, you know, skip it all together. So, you know, you turn off the bomb shelter setting in the risk calculator and just put a straight 20% as the return target for the theta engine. And then you're going to spend 10% on the puts, right? As an extreme example. Now, just keep in mind, if you do this, then yes, technically you are hedged. So your nuke level two nuke risk should be um, pretty small, actually. Um, so don't be shocked if like on the risk calculator, because remember on the risk calculator, I said it where if you turn off the bomb shelter setting, it's going to just assume you're going to eat that 15x loss on 
on a 20% gap, right? So that, that obviously is just a hypothetical. So if you turn off the, uh, the bomb shelter setting just to figure out your, your credit target, you can effectively ignore that level two risk if in fact you're just using a really big allocation for the vibranium shield. Now, on that point, I wanna you know say something else. Like if, and, and keeping with this sort of extreme example, like if I did a 20% you know, return target on the Theta engine and then spent 10% on the vibranium shield, then what's really going on? You're basically saying, hey, why did I just spend half of my profits on hedging, right? Because I, I made 20%, I spent 10%. Well, again, you got to back up and realize if you're, if you're doing that, then you were intending to have a large allocation for the Vibranium Shield as that downside lateral, if you will, right? So I'm saying, basically, figure out what your goal is first, and then recognize that adding the vibranium shield right this is optional scaling and up is a decision you make and again there's no free lunch you're, you ha if you're gonna do it do it for a reason right so if you're okay so in, in that example with the 10 per, uh, 20 percent vibranium sh uh, data engine and 10 percent vibranium shield you don't want to turn around and look like why am i spending 50 percent of my profits on hedging what you should realize is if your goal originally without hedging was 10% return, then anything you add on top of that is just something else that you're augmenting your overall trading with, right? So it's, I know it's a little weird because like at some point, you know, even with um, the example from the beginning where let's say I wanted to make 10% only, but I, because I'm doing 3% for the vibranium shield, I made my return target of 13%. In that case, you can almost look like, hey, why am I spending a third of my profits on hedging, right? But again, the, the point is the mindset you want to get into is first recognize what is your goal in the first place. Like forget about the hedging because remember, the, this thing is not expected to do much in a normal year anyways. So what is your goal with the Theta engine, number one, right? Either by itself, if that's your whole Right, if you're just using your whole portfolio to run the Theta engine, or if that's just a piece in your overall portfolio, like it's just a part of your allocation. So if your goal is to make 5% or 10% or X% percent or whatever it is, then that should be your expected return regardless of what else you're doing, right? So if my goal is 10% and I wanna do this 3% hedging because I feel like I should have some kind of supplemental, right? and I'm using, then yes, by design, you're using whatever additional profits that you generate from sizing up the Theta engine to finance that hedge. So as long as you recognize that you made that decision in the first place, then you won't get in this weird spot of now turning back because, you know, I recognize that like, sometimes in hindsight, you it changes your perspective, right? So I can easily see, hey, Let's say I was doing 10%, right, for my, like I was fine making 10%, but let's say I go for five years spending 13%, right, making 13% every single year, but I've lost 3%, right? I, I say loss, but again, you, you've budgeted for that, right? So, but you're going to be like, oh, I lost 3% because I was buying 3% on these hedges and I only made 10%. So it's going to feel like, 
heck, I just left 3% on the table five years in a row. Why don't I just make 13% every year instead of 10 because the hedge didn't do anything, right? But that's in hindsight, right? You, the, really what you're comparing to is not that you left 3% on the table. It's more if you weren't going to hedge anyways, then you should have, like, you would have only been trying to make 10%. Right. So really compared to what your original goal was, there is no difference. Right. In hindsight, we can say, oh, the hedge wasn't necessary, but you don't know that. Right. So that's the that's the kind of mindset you just need to prepare yourself for. If you don't think you need a hedge, fine, don't do it. Right. But if you think you want to, for whatever reason, then you got to make the decision to allocate whatever it is and stick with that. And as long as your return matches what your goal was in the first place anyways, then the rest doesn't matter. Okay. So <laughs> I said this wasn't going to be a long episode, but any kind of long anyways, but, but honestly, I'll, I'll leave it there for now because really, I just want you to see that this sizing, there's a lot of mental counting going on, but at the end of the day, figure out what you want to get out of your trading, your return first, right? And all of the rest of these things, the bomb shelter and the vibranium show, these are optional things tools to help you manage risk and with the vibranium shield you know i'm i'm showing you how you can augment or kind of uh scale up what you're originally you're already doing if you're doing the the data engine to kind of offset that cost all right so let's leave it there uh as always if you guys enjoyed this episode please take a moment to rate review and subscribe to the podcast it's available on most of the major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also find more of my content at my trading page at www.thetradebusters.com, where you can find all of my strategy mechanics and trade logs, as well as essays I have written and other podcasts I recommend. Finally, you can follow me on Twitter at The Trade Buster. That's it for today. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you guys next time.